Hey, just relax, amigo. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. I don't want to talk to you. Now you bring in the television cameras in here now. Come on, bring it in. Can't do that. Why? I don't deal with psychos. I put them away. I ain't no psycho, man. I'm a hero. You're looking at a fucking hunter. I'm a hero of the new world. Your disease, and I'm the cure. It'll be much less terrifying if you just come to me. Watch me and Scott. Make love in the hammock. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Film Actually, episode 102, Electric Boogaloo! (laughs) (laughs) My name is David McVeigh, and I'm joined in studio by Dave Longo. How are you, Dave? (laughs) I'm very good, Dave. It's amazing to be here. It's great to be back. Uh, We should just point out that uh, it has been a bit of a long time coming back since we actually were uh, supposed to be be coming back. That voice you hear, we were also joined by Richard Gray. How are you, Richard? Me? (laughs) Is it you I'm looking for? Uh, We thought we would just go, just. Uh, after all the Comic Con stuff and everything that's delayed this coming back, we thought we just got to get back in the saddle and start again. So, what's, what's this show about again? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you. This week, <laughs> we are actually uh, covering uh, a little bit on Kevin Smith's new film. Now, this is actually going to be a new section for us. It's called Point Counterpoint, and uh, because I haven't seen it, and you guys are going to talk about it, so we'll come into that. Uh, the Hobbit, uh, the Battle of Five Armies, gets a new trailer. Star Wars gets a name. Uh, we are going to talk about the new documentary Electric Boogaloo, um, and we're going to feature review Christopher Nolan's new film, Interstellar. All of that coming up over this next hour. Ah, it's going to be a wild hour. (laughs) That sounds like a show. It does sound like a show, doesn't it? Let's see if we can actually live up to that promise and actually make a show happen. So I thought we would start this section off with a little bit of a section that we kind of ditched a long time ago, but we thought we'd bring it back because we all watch a lot of stuff independently and uh, it's be a good idea to actually get together and talk about the other stuff we've been watching. And we don't actually have a theme at this point unless you've got something. We We could borrow the one from GMC. Sure. I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> uh, now, the, the one that kind of sucked all the oxygen out of the room will save to last, uh, which is a documentary that we've all been waiting over a year for. Uh, so we'll come back to that in a minute. But Richard, you saw something this week, which is quite exciting. I saw a lot of things this week, one of which I want to talk about in great detail. I saw Big Hero 6. Mm, I uh, want to see this so which bad. I actually saw last week, and, and, and it was... Amazing, and I've not read the comic series that goes with it, so I can't really comment on how it adapts. It's a very loose adaptation. But I was really lucky to go to a screening that had uh, one of the animation guys there and was explaining the technical achievements as well. <clears throat> so I was really lucky to kind of notice all those going mm-hmm. through. From a lighting point of view, apparently like the maps to Tangled, the maps to Frozen and one of the other recent films all fit inside of the San Francisco oh, fantastic. map. <laughs> because it's just that big and there's so many cameras. It's a, it's a wonderful film. It's kind of... Uh, you know, it's as joyful as like, you know, The Incredibles. It's kind of got that feel to it. 
but it's just fun. As All well. I remember from it the trailer just, is, I'm not fast. <laughs> <laughs> what you've got now in your, your cabinet. I do. Disney were really lovely. They gave us all those vinyl pop figures of um, uh, the character, of, of the, of, uh, the main uh, character. Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6 character. And it, it was wonderful. And, and I really, really enjoy this film. I think if you're a comic book fan, you're going to dig it. It's more of a boys film, I guess. I hate to say that, but it's it's more of that sort of action. Boys on adventure. Boy known, boys on adventure kind of thing because it is a male lead, <laughs> given that the last couple of Disney films mm-hmm. have been very princess-oriented. Just kind of nice. This, this, is a, this is a bit of a rapid change of pace to make something. Balance, sir. Yeah, and this ask. is also the first time we've seen Marvel and Disney team up for animation. Mm. Maybe a sign of things to come. That's true. Big Hero 6 is not a book that I am really familiar with. No. Um, so I must go back. I've got and them actually... on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback, sir. Hey, did, it, did it have the Marvel logo <clears throat> at the front of it? Uh, if memory serves, yeah, there was a... No, well... It won't be the Marvel no, logo. No, it wasn't no. the Marvel logo. Marvel's mentioned. I don't think it's in a big way. Although there is a, a figure from Marvel who makes a very, very prominent Ooh. appearance Ooh. in the film and in the post credit sequence, uh, oh, which is another okay. Marvel tradition that they keep up with. Unfortunately, out in, at the moment in the States, but unfortunately we have to wait until December 26th here in Australia to see that film. They row it here. They row it here, <laughs> yeah. Other than the fact... I do, it doesn't move very fast. Uh, so, no. Well, this is kind of a throwback to the uh, 90s of cinema releasing, right? isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's not good. Uh, Dave Longer, aside from the three major films that we're going to talk about here today, have you seen anything else this week? Uh, all I can really talk about is I've been keeping up to date with Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah? Because uh, yeah. I was away um, filming for about four weeks, and so coming back I had like four episodes banked mm. up. Watched them all that the go? new yeah, one. It was good. It was cool. amazing. Well, yeah. typically with Sons of Anarchy, because I love that show, I end up watching one and then mm. fuming mm. that I have to mm. wait a week. Like, oh, what's going to happen? No, it's so, about you filming. I thought it might be interesting for some of the listeners to, to kind of hear about... You know, oh, what the film? Did. Yeah. It's, it's a, film. a small horror film that I was doing cinematography for. Cool. So, you know, we'll talk looking more about to, that when... Looking if, forward if, to seeing some footage. Something that, happens. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't um, shown you footage yet, hey? No, no, yeah, no. This is just some mysterious film that you were working on. Sons of Anarchy is more important. <laughs> ah, very good. Look, aside from the films that we've been really talking about, I just want to mention one thing that I've been watching a little bit of. Two weeks ago, we had Constantine start on television. Yes. Um, I saw the second episode this week. Constantine is actually a pretty good show. I'm yeah. actually really quite I'm enjoying this. With it too. Um, and we talked about on Behind the Panels mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago the fact that they kind of excise the smoking from it. It was there this week. Oh, really? Yeah, he was walking down the street smoking a cigarette. Really? Nice. It's like, he's in there going, got it. <laughs> That's a vital part of his character. Absolutely. Though. It's very much part of John Constantine. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah, so they've yeah. got no, that it is, in isn't there. it the whole like the lung cancer aspect? and like, Later you know, on. Yeah, later yeah, on, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. Uh, they introduced a character, though, that I'm not familiar with from the comic books uh, called Z. It's the one that was drawing pictures of him at the end of the mm. first episode. And I kind of thought maybe they're introducing Madame Xanadu or something like that. But... Her name is just Z, and she's kind of now this uneasy alliance with him. So I'm interested to see where all of this goes and whether or not we're actually following the the, the Hellblazer comics or whether we're kind of going off on the How many did you television. watch? Dave? It's been two so two. far. Yeah. Um, so, But it is a series that, look, quite frankly, uh, of all the geek television on right now, and it's a great time to be a geek, let's face mm. it, I'm actually enjoying Constantine more than I'm enjoying Gotham. Yeah, so um, I really didn't like Gotham. No, so, you know. I'm, I've been watching all of Gotham, and I'm probably the only one up to date with it. You are, yeah. And the latest episode has, is very penguin centric, and it's kind of good, but it shows. It's, I've said this on behind the panels. Its limitation is, was, and always will be that it is going to be. We know the end point, and there's only so much they can do before mm. then because we don't have Batman. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, um, absolutely. I, I was reading that Danny Cannon 
directed the pilot for Gotham. Uh, who, Judge, Judge, Dredd's Judge Dredd's director. Judge Dredd's director, yeah. And then you compare it He to also the, directed yeah. Gold, didn't he? The, the soccer sure. film, I think it was. Anyway, we'll side but then, But then I also Sidebar. that Neil Marshall <laughs> directed the pilot for Constantine. Yeah. So you can kind of Slightly maybe, higher pedigree. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, slightly, slightly higher pedigree. And Hellblazer has Constantine in it. Hellblazer so is a Constantine there's, comic. There's yeah. that too, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so look, I'm actually enjoying Constantine a lot, but the film that we finally got to see, now Richard hasn't had a chance to see it yet. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about Dave and I, and we're going to mm-hmm. try and sell Richard on it, because after the show- Oh, you don't need to show me. We're going to sit down and watch this film together. No, I've got it at home. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. I've been, I've been hanging out for this film too. Now, it has come out on DVD here in <laughs> it Australia. Will deliver, sir. Um, it will and even deliver. Mark Hartley, who directed the film, went out and uh, put on Facebook- it's out on DVD now, but if you really want the high-def version, buy it in America. So even he's basically saying, go buy really? it in America because they have butchered the release in this country. They put out a DVD that doesn't even have menus. You put it in and it just stops. Should, should we name and shame the company? Uh, yeah, Umbrella. It's, it's Umbrella, put it out. And yeah, yeah. we're going to name and shame Umbrella because it's a terrible release. So apparently it is coming out in high-def Blu-ray in and the States. And you just know there's like deleted scenes. Well, apparently, apparently what he's actually said so far, on, like I've been following his Facebook like crazy, yeah, yeah. Um, he's been saying that, which is excellent, by the way, which is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, on the the high def release, the special features are complete interviews. So oh, you know how they have all the yeah. segments oh, of interviews. Nice. So it's the complete interviews and interviews that don't make it into the film. Because so the last, there's more. The last yeah. two releases, I think, of his for not quite Hollywood and, and Machete Maidens uh, were put out through Madman, mm. and they did put some excellent. Like the, I've got the Madman, the not, not quite Hollywood Madman release is an excellent disc, yes. and it's just on DVD. But it was an excellent release, and it had. You know, un- uncut, full interviews, full interviews, interviews, all that yeah. sort of stuff as well, and little clips from some of the films he talks about, the highlights yes. like Turkey Shoot and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's excellent. So the so, film yeah. we're actually talking about is Electric Boogaloo, the wild untold story of Canon Films, uh, directed by uh, and I guess written by as well, uh, Mark Hartley, who did these uh, aforementioned films. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the uh, a documentary about the mini moguls, mm-hmm. as they were known back in the day uh, of the eighties, uh, Menachem Golan, Yoram Globus, uh, Globus, who Menachem Golan we actually mm. know recently passed away. Um, but uh, this is the, a little bit of the trailer. It's not the whole thing. We're not going to play whole trailers. But here's a little bit of the trailer to give you a taste. Our agent Marty Baum said, "Look, if you guys want to just go make a film and be totally left alone, there are two new guys in town." Menachem Golan, Yoram Globus were. The heavyweights. They were the George Foremans and the Muhammad Ali's of the indie market. Canon is the only company who loves cinema. Cinema is our life. Joram Globus was the businessman behind the movie making. Where is my money? You promise and promise and promise and you're not paying. Menachem Golan was the movie maker. Menachem, I cannot do it. I'm dying. He said, you know, do it and then die. I just had in my head what movie producers should be, and Menachem just didn't quite fit that picture. He redubbed me with an American voice, but not a voice similar to mine. A true ninja doesn't kill. He eliminates, and only for defensive purposes. He's so not ninja. I don't know. I've never seen a ninja. They were the forerunners of the Weinsteins. The difference is the Weinsteins cared about quality. And that sums up. Canon Films is the fact that yes they there's a lot to be said about Canon Films they may have produced 90% shit yeah. okay 
but they produced a lot of films and they were the the indie choice uh, mm. in the 80s. I mean, mm, there was just, mm, mm, as mm. they said, if you want to make a film and be left alone, Canon would do it. They were renowned for writing contracts on napkins at Cannes. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, would, that, that, they, the, had, they the, talk about that in the documentary. You see that, that vintage clip of Menachem and he's got that like... He's that, got a pile of it, napkins. What, no, it's not even a napkin. It's like a tablecloth <laughs> from a restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just written, written pay to the sum of, you know. They were the ones who introduced the pay or play contract, mm. uh, which is some of this stuff I'm saying is not in the documentary, which is why I want to see the bonus features. Um, they actually introduced, they touched upon it a little bit, where uh, they introduced the concept of pay or play. They contracted Chuck Norris to five films, regardless of whether the films got made. Yeah. He was just paid a lump sum of money, and they said, five films, you owe me. <laughs> and and so, was this the Charles Bronson issue? They too? did and Charles Charles Bronson? Bronson's just like, I don't want to do them, but yeah. I'll do them. <laughs> I, try, yeah. I love the fact that he's that one guy who I adore, and we're going to play a little bit of a clip from him in a minute. There's one guy who was actually, I think he was an archivist or a sound a sound archivist there, and he basically said that it became a situation where scripts would come in and it would go on two piles. Yeah. The two piles for the two chucks. Yeah. So it's like, well, this is, is this a, a Norris or, or a Bronson yeah. pile? You know, yeah, It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> yeah, it Lady Shadow Lee's mama. What was, <laughs> was, what was that one with Charles Bronson in the Gollum? Yeah. <laughs> what was the, the Lady Shadow Lady Chatterley's love. Lady Chatterley's love. And they're, they're, they're making... The director insisted there were nudes. <laughs> and Menachem Golan apparently would call them on the set and say, make it hotter, make it hotter, more sex, more yeah, sex. Yeah. And then when he saw it, he said, what's all this sex? <laughs> <laughs> and the trailer, remember they showed the trailer? It's like, the great literary classic. Yeah. <laughs> now, we should also point out one of the things they do talk about in this film is they go on to say that they actually did make some quality films as well. And it was actually a little bit later in their... In their uh, their organization because they started to actually bring big names. Mm. Um, uh, John Frankenheimer came in and directed, Barbara Schroeder came in and directed Toby Hooper. Uh, Toby Hooper. And well, Toby Hooper, that's a slightly different case. Oh, well, I <laughs> guess was, maybe Casavetti's, but they were, Casavetti's. They, were, they were talking in there about like Casavetti's not being, well, he was like pretty much on a well, he was pretty Well, he's pretty much out of the scene, mm. but he was still really well respected. Mm. And so the fact that they made a Cassavetti's film was like, what the hell? I think they made Love Streams. I sure. think it was one of the ones they made. Um, but they also, they produced uh, Street Smart uh, mm. with uh, Christopher Reeve, which is a great film. Also introduced the world to Morgan Freeman, mm. who got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, that's that's not in the documentary. No, they, they yeah. talk briefly yeah. about it. They actually interviewed the director at one point. But there's some really good, uh, Frankenheimer directed 52 Pickup, which is actually a really good film. But it was one of those situations where they had so many films on, they didn't know mm. what was going on. So they'd say, yeah, here's money, go make a film. And these actual filmmakers, like Bert Schroeder with Barfly, would actually go out and produce a quality film. Yeah. But then Menachem Golan and Jerome Globes didn't know what to do with it. Because <laughs> it's like, what is this? <laughs> you know? So it's a really interesting documentary. I've got a clip here. I've got a clip from it. This is actually um, that gentleman I was talking about who's the archivist. This is him talking about uh, a film that they made that has a monkey in it. So have a listen <laughs> to this. There was a series of books that Golan had bought about a monkey, kind of like Curious George, but it was an Israeli series of books. Clyde the orangutan from every which way but loose came to the office with his agent. Clyde was very hot at that point, and he's here with some Beverly Hills lawyers in suits. Menachem's sitting next to an orangutan and deciding whether to sign the orangutan to put him under contract. And he turns to the woman who's head of publicity and says, would you fuck this monkey? <laughs> <laughs> and the story oh, goes, Jesus. oh, that's, that's not the, the end of the story. <laughs> the beginning of the story. Apparently, uh, the story is told. He actually starts talking to Clyde like he's a person. <laughs> and it's like contract negotiations with an orangutan. It is a really they good film. They would make a movie about 
anything. Hey? Anything yeah. and everything. What and I do it, love about it is the fact <laughs> that they talk about the fact that they were Israeli filmmakers and they made a lot of films in Israel, including the mm. Lemon Popsicle what, films. Yeah, that's is that the one that American Virgin? American Last American on? Virgin yeah. is a shot yeah. for shot remake, basically. Of is that actually a, a good film? No, no, uh, no, no, no the, the original. No, I've seen all yeah. the Lemon Popsicle yeah. films, yeah. including yeah. Private Popsicle. <laughs> they're, they're not good. Anyway, the point is that I love the fact that they actually talk about the fact that sometimes they're. Sometimes their Israeli background affected their American films because mm. at one point in The Last American Virgin, they actually talk about the guy shows up. She's had an abortion. He shows up to the, he shows up to the hospital with a Christmas tree in a back yeah. of orange. Yeah, that's <laughs> and they that's say right. it might have meant something in Israel. I had a heart attack where they're describing this film. Where it's like an early Elliot Gould film. Which oh called, yeah, uh, my daughter's dating a shiksa. <laughs> And the whole story, he's like a Jew that's really angry that his daughter is marrying like a non-Jew. A shiksa, yeah. Yeah, Luckily, the publicity department got their hands on that one and changed the name to Under the Brooklyn Bridge because <laughs> it wouldn't have worked with its original title. This is Holy a document- hell. <laughs> this is it was a documentary. one of the funniest things I've seen in ages. Absolutely. It is a brilliant wall documentary. Wall to wall. Yeah. If you're interested at all in film, if you're interested at all in 80s cinema in and particular- I'd, I'd never- Never really heard of Canon until I met you, Dave. Yeah, you know, and I've only seen a handful of these movies, but now I want to go and watch. No, it was one of those so logos more. that you always saw in the age. Was that Orion? It was the mark of quality, yeah, as they exactly. say. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I want to now go. Like, has anyone ever said I want to now go and watch every Death Wish movie? You know, like yeah. Yeah. I have every Death yeah. Wish movie. <laughs> that, that's that's right, what, marathon what, after this, I, then I, I guess. I can't yeah. remember if it's number four or number five, but that plot was amazing. Where it's like he teams up with like all the other middle class <laughs> yes. people, and they take. That I thought that was it just absolutely went, it just went further and further and further out of out of its original wheelhouse. Let's leave it at there and basically just say <laughs> that Electric Boogaloo, the wild untold story of Canon Films, is available right now. It is highly recommended watching. Even if you're not normally a documentary watcher, this is a really entertaining watch. Uh, I, I, um, I actually and there's gonna be a lot of films you I, recognize. Yeah. <laughs> I handed this to three different people just on USB, and I just said, I just said. Put it in, watch it, thank me later. You know, yeah, like, like, that's what she said. <laughs> and as I say, <laughs> she will. She will. She will. Yeah. And as we said before, muzzle muzzle As we said before, if you really want to buy this film, once you've seen it, you'll want to order it from Amazon because it yeah. is it is a great film. Uh, the umbrella release was terrible, but you know, at least it's out. Before we move on to news, mm-hmm. can I just mention something? I was going to play a, a very very short clip of an eleven minute video we watched just before oh, this because yes. it is doing the viral rounds on the interwebs at the moment this is uh, uh, you, you, you may have already heard this it takes a lot to make a stew a pinch of salt and laughter too a scoop of kids to add the spice a dash of love to make it nice and you've got too many cooks too many cooks too many cooks now, uh, <laughs> it goes on for 11 and a half minutes. I'm not going to play the lot. And I, I only discovered this today thanks to you, Richard. I, so. I just, all I'm going to say is Google too many cooks because it, it is quite possibly, I think uh, a friend of ours, Anthony O'Connor, said, this is so much like my dreams, it's scary. <laughs> uh, it, 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 
it's like a parody of every 80s sitcom, early 90s sitcom, which is weird because at the moment I'm, I'm mar- actually the other thing I've been watching, I've been marathoning How I Met Your Mother, but while I'm watching this on Foxtel, there are ads for like Full House mm. and the opening to Full House is basically this. Or, or um, uh, How I Met Your Mother, uh, well, what is it, uh, uh, Mary with Children, Mary Roseanne, Roseanne Mar- any, any 70s sitcom. Any 80s, 90s, early yeah. 90s sitcom. It's, it's, all, it's all there, <laughs> but where it goes... No one could possibly predict, and if they did, they are the, the darkest person <laughs> in the history of, of darking, darkening people. Darkening, darkening. Oh, yeah. oh, I it's sick and twisted, and Google I love it. every second of it. Too many cooks. Go look it up. Thank us next week. We will actually put the link in the show notes as well, so you yeah. find that at geekactually.com. Let's move on to news, and I do have. Uh, do I have anything for news? I do have something for news. Where is it? I've lost it. I've lost it. You know, professional as always on this show. Uh, uh, I did have something. Now it's actually gone here. Oh, I remember this. Yes, that brings us to entertainment news, which we're actually oh. going to keep. Pretty lightweight today uh, because we do have some more films to talk about. Well, nothing Let's, major got announced. Yeah, well, a couple <laughs> no, things. Really. A couple things. First thing I want to mention though is uh, the trailer for Furious Seven came out uh, this week, oh, which yeah. we're not going to play on the show because it's very visual. But can I just say I was vaguely disturbed by this trailer because it features an awful lot of Paul Walker. Of course it does, and the last shot is like that zoom in. Yeah, but the problem is Paul Walker died like three or four weeks into production. Of course. So where did this footage come from? (laughs) I I just, uh, three words. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, if you look closely, he's got strings, right? (laughs) There are no strings on I don't want to be mean because I, Paul Walker was apparently, by all reports, one of the nicest men in Hollywood. But it's just I, I, I find. It- Sorry, I've broken Dave. I've broken Dave Longo, that a man who, in the show that we recorded before this, yeah. suggested that uh, Park Kent in Smallville <laughs> could have been a pedophile. Well, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Go know, back and listen to know, behind the panels, people. Do you know if, if that clean show? If that, if that weekend at Birdies is true, they could do Furious Eight, Furious Nine, Ten. It's start to get a bit they, stinky yeah, after. No, no, no. They, they just did a whole lot of stock footage. Any situation they thought he might have gotten into <laughs> and then just cut him out. It's just, yeah. Like, shots from other films. Well, and, that, well, and that's what worries me is I think they've used a lot of stock footage, a lot of CG. I know and so he's, got a, he's got and a twin brother part of me brother that kind of always or? feels distasteful about this. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. we'll that's see. That's what you say, Frank. My name's not Frank. <laughs> and, my first thought, and my first thought was, as as was mentioned by you as well, which was maybe it's all footage from like the first 10 minutes of the yeah. film. Mm. But if you watch the trailer, it's, it looks a, like he's it's a vast it. array yeah. of footage all throughout this film. So it's really odd. I just found it kind of odd. So go out and watch that trailer and see but what you like, think. Hey, forget about the Paul Walker. We just need to mention that The Rock with his arm in a cast. <laughs> oh, and he's like, I ain't got time to heal. Can I ask, like, bra- oh, can I ask so which, which cast did he have it in? Which cast member was, was his arm in? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, yeah, it should be clearer. Yeah, my um, my mod- Paul, Paul, yeah. Paul, Paul, yeah. Paul Walker, evidently. I'm sorry, my um, <laughs> that's how he was yeah. using him like a puppet. My, <laughs> it was like a sock puppet. My <laughs> modifiers weren't correct. <laughs> you know? Yes, but I know the shot you're talking about, Dave. He actually has his arm, he has his arm in a cast, and he says, "I don't have time for this." Flexes his muscles, and the cast pops. <laughs> He's like, I, I love, got I time just, to heal or something. I just love the idea of the Rock using Paul Walker like a sock puppet. Oh dear God, where's the show gone already? All right, let's move on to the next story. I've gone straight to anal fisting. It's exactly <laughs> where it's gone to. Next story, I guess. Speaking would be, of anal fisting, let, let's, <laughs> before before we no actually we, yeah well actually Toy Story four. 
<laughs> yeah, let's take let's take a, a near perfect trilogy and then make Do it another, another one. They've already done several short films, and that's where this. they said they were going to do. But this is this is just typical of modern Pixar, and this is where <laughs> they John Lasseter call it Toy Story Forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it'd be like four, like the number yeah, four ever. EVA, yeah. yeah. Can we not can we not forget the Paul uh, T S the, 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 Forever? The, John La- John Lasseter's last film as a director was Cars. Mm. I think Toy Story. Yeah, needs but it to made go. it made a shit ton yeah. of bank. It yeah. did that movie, and uh, as far as Disney and Pixar are concerned, the Cars fran- the Cars franchise, <laughs> the Cars franchise is is good film. No, look, look. No, this look, is, as this is, is evidenced the by the re-release of no. Mini Planes into, movies. I was in Disneyland. This is just a side. Well, I was in Disneyland <laughs> Paris, and an entire wall of the official Disney store there, an entire wall was dedicated to Cars yeah. merchandise. That's how big this thing is. Yeah. 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 Oh, we all know yeah. that it was a huge. It's hit. huge. Yeah. But, but I think I think Lassiter they, they need to, to take the Harry Potter route with this. Like you know, it's like now all the kids are grown up. We're adults. Let's take it dark. Let's take Toy Story <laughs> yeah. dark. You know, like when they machetes, were machetes. I say no. <laughs> Give them there all was a, There was a rumored storyline for the third Too one. Too many cooks. <laughs> the rumored storyline for the third one years back was that Buzz Lightyear's all around the world were going to be recalled, and they were going to they were going to start malfunctioning. They were going to end up in in a factory in Tokyo and the toys would have to, you know, get together yeah. and go to Tokyo and rescue Buzz and bring him back. And I think like that's an amazing storyline that is mm. dark enough not to be like depressing and sad, but yeah. you know, really interesting. That's that's where you could take the story. But they're not going to do that. They're going to do because the third, I don't know Andy's kids. The, the funny thing is, because yeah, the, the the third movie, well, no, ended the toys end up with Andy. No, the, the toys end up with another kid. Well, there was no, that little girl. Let, let's yeah. let's spoil. I mean, there's no. I mean, half the world's seen this film. Mm. At the end of the third one, it's Andy growing up. And the toys accepting toys that they can still they still have meaning because they can go on with another family. You know, yeah. and it's a beautiful ending. A, a movie that legitimately made me tear up. A ball, in fact, mm. a flat out oh, ball we like a child. Film actually years ago, it was magnificent. And I, I just cried like at least three times in that film. Yes, uh, the, the furnace scene. Oh, oh god, it's just amazing. The you know everything in that film is beautiful. And mm. then, and they knew it was the swan song. They knew it was the mm. last, last one. one. It yeah. was like this is we're going out with everything. Because it was the only. Pixar film that they've gotten to the third one on theatrically, mm. you know. I mean, we've got all those planes films that uh, cars. But spin what about Tim Allen, guys? He needs, Tim Allen's yeah, fabulous. He needs he needs work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Allen's driving this. That's what it is. Um, yeah. So look, I, I know just, it could I be just really think, good. I mean, look, like it it's could Pixar. Be, the thing like, is, it's going to be. But then Monsters University was an example of what happens oh, when you I try and Monsters University. See, yeah. I like a lot of Monsters University, but it's a very different film. I think mm. to the to the original one. The original one is so sweet. And the original it's Monsters, so the original Monsters Inc. is such a perfect film. It just beginning, middle, end, just perfect. And it had an ending that and was it needed ending. As well. And we didn't really need Monsters University. And yes, it was a fun film. And yes, I enjoyed it. Mm. But it just felt like a carbon copy. Well, maybe, of maybe the first. It almost felt like, like a, a short extended. Yeah. Sorry. You know, like there actually could be something here to it because John Lasseter, like uh, as a personality, is someone I've sort of followed for a long time, mm. and he's he's been an advocate of traditional animation and. You know, yeah. he tried to push traditional animation back and it failed yeah. because nobody went to see it and that now they closed Princess, down uh, Princess and the Frog, Frog. Yeah. you know, and um, and things like that. And he's constantly wanting to get a Fantasia reboot going. And that would be that's amazing. never happened. Yeah. So he was a real advocate of traditional animation. So that kind of leads me to think maybe he's been sitting around going, you know what, 3D animation is now starting to take over traditional animation and there's something sad about that. Maybe the plot of Toy Story 4 could be like you got the old toys as a metaphor for traditional animations. It's, and then the, the new toys being all tech. Here's know? a thought. 
Toy Story 4 in traditional animation. Uh, it's never going to happen. No, happen, it would be. But, but the thing, the funny thing. But you is, think about Woody is traditional animation. Yeah, he is. You know? And the funny thing is, uh, he and uh, Hayao Miyazaki are really good friends. Mm. And with uh, Studio Ghibli effectively closing up shop for a few years. Uh, thinking about what they're going to do. That's kind of ended that era. Mm. So maybe it's a whole combination of factors and thinking, well, we're kind of the bearers of the torch now. Mm. Like, you know, we are... But it's are, crazy. It's like you look you into know. that story and like the whole like Frozen story, how Frozen began its life like, you know, what, mm. 11 years ago as a traditional animated film. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many of those films, Disney films that... I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Disney mm. fan and I, I, I follow this stuff uh, re- really heavily, but... It's just, yeah. It fr- this 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 fr- the news frustrates me. I'm on board because it's it's Pixar and it's Toy Story, mm. but yeah. yeah. Look, I exactly. wait. I wait to be. I wait to we'll see wait to what see happens. Exactly, but yeah. it feels like a bad idea. Mm. Is what it feels yeah. like. So we wait to see what happens. Speaking of bad ideas. Speaking of bad ideas, <laughs> the title for the new Star Wars film dropped. Um, and sorry, they're making new Star Wars. <laughs> they are making a new Star Wars film. Who's directing? Uh, I don't know. Some Jeffrey some, Jacobs some, Abrams. <laughs> Serious? That's, 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 yeah. I've never known his real name. You know that. And we've met the dude. <laughs> and I've met him yeah. uh, three times. Oh, by the way, I to, did I tell you I once met JJ? <laughs> Dave's got his beard. He's interviewed him three times. No, oh, there you go. Yeah. He got his beat. All right, so and he's uh, been. I was in the room when he got touched. Ooh, yes. by JJ. Yeah. I hope not inappropriately. He did. He grabbed my shoulder, man. Held it for like fifteen <laughs> seconds. It was like yeah. to emphasize a point. He yeah. turned around and yeah. yeah. Very nice. He was like, this is what it's like talking to Tom J.J. Abrams yeah. is still responsible for one of my favorite quotes of all time where he said, cell phones were the death of drama. That yeah. One of my favorite quotes was, of all time. That was in response to my question. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, the, we, uh, the we met him. Star Wars Episode <laughs> was 7. Nice. Finally got, <laughs> Star Wars Episode 7 finally got a name this week. Ready for it? Yep. The Force Awakens. Because it fell asleep during the Phantom Menace. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, maybe uh, the Force is awakening something. I, I want somebody to say in this film at some stage, uh, you know, you know, in primitive, t- you know, years ago we used to think that the Force was had something to do with midi-chlorians, but now we know it's more than that. You know, I like that is just a race, you know, yeah, the yeah, prequels yeah, yeah. for me. What I was really hoping for, this was going to be called Star Wars Episode Seven, the seventh episode, but, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't get my wish. <laughs> like no, Star, it's, um, like it's Star still going to be called Episode Seven, I believe. Yeah, though, like Star Wars yeah, Episode still, One yeah. before it, mm. I wanted it just to be called Star Wars Episode One. I mm. didn't want it to have a subtitle. I thought Star. I thought releasing that original poster with Star Wars Episode One was a ballsy, classy move. Mm. And then when he added Phantom Menace, I went Star Wars, <laughs> the new one, the new one. <laughs> Actually, I think Phantom Menace is not a bad title. Really? I hated Phantom Menace. Really? I, what I about Attack of the Clones? Do you like Attack of the Clones? Not really. Sounds too cheeseball to me. I like Revenge of the Revenge Sith. of the Shit. A Sith. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember. I always remember that I've mentioned this on the show before. I always anagram. Re- Sith fun. <laughs> I've always I I've always remember. <laughs> I've always remembered uh, genuine class. <laughs> we've mentioned this on the show before. I've always mentioned. I've always loved the uh, reaction. Oh shush! <laughs> We're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> I've always loved uh, the reaction that. from uh, from um, Ewan McGregor at that press conference when the title of Star Wars Episode One dropped, <laughs> and they said, "So, what do you think of the new title, <laughs> the Phantom Menace?" And Ewan McGregor just turned around and went, "That's what they're calling it." <laughs> no. So I was, right. and I kind of feel that way about this. Look, Force Awakens. It sounds like a video game. Yeah. I like it to be yeah. honest. It, I think it, it like, does look, sound a little look, bit like those. Yeah, that there was like, a force unleashed. The force unleashed. Yeah, I, I feel about it the way I feel about Interstellar's title. Like it's missing an exclamation mark. <laughs> you know, like, Interstellar. Yeah, See, you I know, always like, thought that like, you know, uh, Interstellar like, was actually uh, Streetcar Named Desire in space. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Interstellar. <laughs> All right, uh, the last piece of news that dropped this week is a trailer, and that was the full trailer or the official trailer for The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies dropped. I have a little bit of it here. Let's have a quick listen. Thorin, 
you gave a promise. You brought upon them only ruin and death. You've won the mountain, is that not enough? God, that's boring. Okay, oh, so- <laughs> three more fucking hours of Hobbits. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, look, I, look visually, the, the, it looks. I'm really gonna like- have nine hours of Hobbit behind the scenes. Uh, oh this yeah, week. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm buying the extended version as well. Don't worry. With the oh, statue, you gonna get with the Jesus. statue? Oh hell's yes. Yes. Um, anyway, look, I love the Hobbit films. I've really enjoyed them so far, and this trailer is visually really good. But do you know what the one thing that this trailer seems to be lacking? Hobbits. Any sort of humor. <laughs> Video. It is so drab. There's no image for that. No, hour. it's so <laughs> drab. And you sit there looking at it going, okay, yeah, it looks like two towers. <laughs> you know, it just looks like Helm's Deep all over again, you know? That's so what I've said about trailer. all of them from the first one. <laughs> yeah, but see, I saw this yeah. trilogy before. So I am actually waiting to see this to see more, uh, see what they've included in it. But yeah, <clears> I'm a little worried about the third one. Quite frankly, yeah, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you feel about it. No, this, this is going to be one film. It's going to be amazing. I think it's good. Look, I think uh-huh. when we put, I think we, I think when we put the whole hobbit together. By the way, we do have Richard, who said to me the other day, yeah. "I'm going to hold him to this." He said, "He's going to hold me." What? I'm going to hold you. Gonna hold I'm going to have to hold you. Squeeze right me, end. tease me. <laughs> he said, "Signify every feeling when with every the gentle caress." When the extended <laughs> version comes out of Desolation of Smog, he will sit down and watch. Both extended versions. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I'll, Smaug. I, I will do this. I will do this. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. And on then its, leading into the... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch it on St. Mary's. I'm going to give this every chance. Yep. So, but... And you're going to come over here and watch it in 3D, yep. big oh. TV, yep. the whole bit. And you're, and you're welcome to. And you're uh, going to crank uh, up yeah. the frame rate? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's we, move on to can this. We, can we do that, actually? Can we watch HFR? We can't do it officially, but what you can do on these modern TVs, you can crank it up to 60 hertz, and basically you get that sort of hyper-realistic look. It's not the same. Hertz, darn it. Hertz, darn it. I actually... Pers- I hate purposely that. turn that yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that whole it's motion, motion stabilization. No, I, I, I like yeah. the HFR, but I don't. I don't like the that I motion hate, yeah, flow no. crap. It makes like, it look. It makes everything look like yeah. cheap video. Mm. Um, all right, so we're going to now do this point counterpoint ooh, section. Ooh, new. Okay, so this is not going to be a regular section. It's going to just come up whenever a film is really divisive. I have notes, uh, and they both have notes. Now, the rules of the game are. You're going to get one minute each, and I'm going to cut you off at the end of one minute, okay? And there is no rebuttal on this. Richard will give his opinion. Can we opinion. go less than a minute? <laughs> you can go less than a minute, him. yeah, if you can, be, you can beat the hammer. I don't okay? know if I will, but yeah. You can Just beat the case. hammer if you I don't want, want dead air. <laughs> uh, uh, no, you can beat the hammer. I'm going to get a stopwatch going I like here. the movie. Uh, my other stopwatch is already been. <laughs> I really, 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 really liked it. <laughs> really. We could do it on um, Kathleen Kennedy speak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I have a stopwatch. Oh, I have yeah. a stopwatch. Who's going us? first? Who's going now, first? Now, before uh, no, you start, yeah. before you start, the reason why we don't want rebuttals is because I have a short clip from you. This is from 1976. It's from uh, uh-huh. Saturday Night Live. And this is what we don't want it to turn into. Okay, okay so have a listen close. Damn times change, and so does the nature of relationships. 
People are reluctant to get married these days, and looking at divorce statistics, who can blame them? But the lack of a piece of paper does not necessarily mean the lack of a total commitment. A woman in this modern-day relationship may well give up all her own personal pursuits, as Michelle Marvin claims she did, to give her full support to her man's career. And Michelle Marvin is just asking that the courts recognize that reality. Dan, there's an old saying, behind every successful man, there's a woman, a loving, giving, caring woman. But you wouldn't know about that, Dan, because there's no old saying about what's behind a miserable failure. Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> All right, so we don't want to turn it into that, okay? Uh, well, so, can, can Jamie give me a few minutes just to rewrite my notes? <laughs> no, I would, like to point, I would like to point out that that classic clip from Sunday Night Live has forever given me this on my soundboard. Jane, you ignorant slut. Okay, so... <laughs> So if we ever have anyone named Jane in here, it's going to be what perfect. I, that's what I said. Okay, so when you hear, your time is up. Okay. okay. And we will start with, uh, should we start with the positive or the negative? Let's start with a negative. Okay, so before we start. <laughs> Just that way we can go out on a positive note. Okay, okay so um. the film in question is Kevin Smith's Tusk. Here's a little bit of the trailer to refresh your memories. Always do sober what you do drunk. and will teach you to keep your mouth shut. Hemingway said that. Yes, he did. And he said it to me. I don't want you to go to Canada tomorrow. It's for the podcast. It's what I do. I travel around and I interview weird or interesting people. So look out, you crazy Canucks. Wandering Wallace <laughs> takes a raunchy road trip up to the Great White North. Hello. I'm an old man who has enjoyed a long and storied life at sea. And after eons of oceanic adventure... I know I do not wish to spend my remaining years alone when I have such stories to share. How far is Bifrost from here? It's about two hours from here. It's about two hours away. I hate American guys. Okay, so that gives you a refresher on Tusk, okay? <clears throat> so now... <clears throat> On the negative side of Kevin Smith's Tusk is Mr. That's kind of burying the lead, though, isn't it? It's kind of, here's Richard about to lay into <laughs> Kevin Smith. Richard Gray. I was genuinely excited for this film. I was buoyed by Smith's enthusiasm and renewed vigor leading into the release. The first half of the film is unlike anything he's done before. Okay, It looks great. It's well-directed. It's stylish. Michael Parks is sublime in the film. and He's really good. You heard a bit of that in the trailer. However, at the major twist, it folds in on itself. Uh, Smith gets caught up trying to, uh, to appeal to all audiences, comedy and horror, but doesn't fully uh, satisfy either audience. Uh, I think the introduction of uh, Guy Dupont uh, is ridiculous and it's a strange characterization, and that's all on Johnny Depp. Uh, sadly, uh, and his, his, his inclusion was uh, well publicized beforehand. Uh, sadly, uh, there's half of a good feature here and uh, I think he just needed more time to finish the script. It was born on pot and it was disappointingly half-baked. Oh, very well done. Damn. 57 All seconds, right. bitches. <laughs> Richard, yeah. you ignorant slut. <laughs> Jane, you ignorant slut. Okay. <laughs> Dave, your time starts now. Okay, so I should just preface everything by saying that I have a huge, huge bias towards Kevin Smith, massive Kevin Smith fan. So I think that one of the important things about Kevin Smith's work as of late is you need to sort of be a fan of Smodcast, of that podcast that he does with Scott Mosier together, which forms the basis of Tusk. It's actually 
derived from an episode that they created this film from the episode. And so I think like like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, there's a lot of reference to in-jokes. You have to be in on the joke to get it. Uh, in particular, like the Canadianisms and the treatment of Canada versus America, which is a huge part of the comedy. And the fact that the it's a movie about a dude turns another dude into a walrus and it's freaking hysterical on that level. And the Gila Point character, which Richard already mentioned, which I found hysterical, which is a huge part of whether you like the movie. So basically why I love this movie is as a Smodcast episode. In literal, it's got random tangents. It goes all over the place. It's freaking hysterical. And Michael Parks is freaking amazing. Wow, you both did it under a minute. Well done. Uh, and all I can well say done. is that I missed this at the cinema and I want to see it really badly, so I can't wait till it comes out on Blu-ray. And we move on. Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was tough. That that was, was, that's that tough, is, isn't it? That was well, like, i got to yeah. say, like, you know, you, you know, you were completely wrong, but I mean, well done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think what we're going to have to do is uh, move on to our feature film, but we will have to revisit Tusk once I've had a chance to see mm. it as a thing. And we will have to bring back Point Counterpoint because that's a lot of fun. That was fun. <laughs> that was. If I'm ever on the <laughs> show again, do, let's do that. Yeah, I'd love to see you guys do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. I've, I've the got, combination. Okay, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'm not going to be on here for a while, but I will do this if I don't like The Hobbit. I'm going to oh. do a Point Counterpoint for the entire trilogy in under a minute. Okay. Okay. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. my gauntlet drop, bitch. <laughs> and you know what would be really funny is you see it and you go, now I've seen part three. It all comes together and it's brilliant. <laughs> well, it might be. I that goes for me, but who? I said if I don't like <laughs> it. If you don't like it. So okay. We will come back to that at another time. Let's move on to our feature film review. So this week we are talking about Interstellar, directed by Christopher Nolan and written by Christopher and Jonathan Nolan. It stars Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, well, right. Jessica Chastain, and Michael Caine, amongst others. <laughs> Um, and as usual, we pull our synopsis from IMDb and they have excelled themselves. <laughs> oh, <have> they? <laughs> a group of explorers make use of a newly discovered wormhole to surpass the limitations of human space travel and conquer the vast distances involved in interstellar voyage. That's it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think there was a, actually a fair bit more in the three-hour movie than just that. Just a, just a tad. Let's have a listen to the beginning of the trailer. Once again, this is an abridged trailer. The, the link to the full trailer is on the website. Uh, you can watch it at your leisure. A late coop. Yeah, we had a flag. It's an Indian surveillance drone. Solar cells power an entire farm. What'd you do, Murph? Uh, she didn't do nothing. Murphy's law. You're a well-educated man, Coop. And a trained pilot. And an engineer. The world doesn't need any more engineers. We didn't run out of planes and television sets. We ran out of food. Why did you need me after something that's bad? Oh, we didn't. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law doesn't mean that something bad will happen. It means that whatever can happen will happen. And apparently that's exactly what they thought about when they were writing this film. (laughs) So that was the trailer. Okay. Like the whole world's a flat circle. Before then. we actually review it, let's talk about a few things that are kind all of all circles of that are kind of. <laughs> let's talk about a few things that are kind of givens. Okay, first of all, givens, givens, do, do, no, do the, the funky, funky given, funky given. <laughs> we are here to show you how. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> 
right. This movie needed more goodies. It yeah. needed more goodies. Absolutely. Goody, goody. Um, nope. All right. Anyway, the point is that there's a few things that we have to just give this film straight off the bat. First of all, it is a visionary film. There is no doubt about that. It is It is a huge, big, sprawling opera. Uh, it is beautifully shot. I mean, it is just staggering. There are arguments to and fro about the use of IMAX. Uh I won't go into that right now. That's purely a personal preference. Mm-hmm. I actually don't like IMAX for cinema feature films. I think it is a format that best suits documentaries and all the other things that they show. I don't like watching a feature film. I don't like IMAX cinemas. I think the chairs are uncomfortable. I don't think the screen is as clear and sharp, I use air quotes, as they like to pretend it is. Mm. Because I think they actually look better on VMAX screens, quite frankly. That's all beside the no, point. No, fair enough. Yeah. Um, we also give it that he shot this film on 70 mil and it looks gorgeous. Mm. And a lot of the effects work in this film is actually in camera, which is a staggering. Mm. Uh, Even the um the well the supporting characters, I should say, mm. without spoiling because it was a surprise to me. Um they're practical too. Well, practical on set. There was mm. actually yes, yeah, somebody in them. Mm. Um so yes, there's a lot to be said and a lot of praise to be given on Christopher Nolan for the actual making of the film. That being said, what did we actually think of the film? How did it make us feel? Richard, you can start us off. All right. Uh, a couple of things. The first half of this film really sucked me in. And actually, that was the first time I'd heard the trailer because I'd actively avoided mm. it mm. up until now. And as Dave uh, indicated to me just before, I was amazed how much they gave away. Yeah. Um, I knew absolutely I No, nothing. I literally knew nothing Nil. going in as well. I very consciously yeah. avoided it. And I'm really glad I did because it allowed me to get sucked into it. And for the first half of that film, the first 90 minutes of that film, I, I was I was just drawn. I can, was I, drawn can I make in, an yeah. interesting observation though? IMDb's description here, all about going through a wormhole. So we just heard half the trailer yeah. and not even a mention of outer space. No, but like <laughs> I, I, I did, I did not know who Matthew McConaughey's character was. No, I didn't know where he lived. I. I did not know who any of the children were. Any of and the supporting characters. I knew absolutely zero. Like every single person in that movie several, was a surprise. To several me. twists like, in the um, first half of that film that genuinely took me by surprise. Hmm. Matthew McConaughey was probably the. He, I think he's the first. Uh, apart from, I oh know McConaughey and uh, later Chastain are, the, are the, the first two new actors, I guess, to uh, Nolan's little troupe. The rest mm. of them are all familiar faces. Mm-hmm. So, but McConaughey is interesting one because he's just been everywhere lately. Mm-hmm. And for me, he's he's Rust Cole mm-hmm. from from True Detective. Well, it, at yeah. the interest, moment. Interestingly, so just interesting, quickly on yeah. that note, that that McConaughey was in Contact. Yeah, he was well, in contact. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think there is a there is there is a reason. There's a connection there. There's a line through there. But for me, because of his high profile, like that's what I'm associating with him. He's very much sort of in that kind of you know or, mm-hmm. you know that kind of character is in there. And I kind of half expected him to you know have a, a row of beer in front of. Well, he does. He has a lot of beer in the first half of this film. So I couldn't not see. Uh, uh, McConaughey for some of this film, you know, <laughs> I kind of almost half expecting to hear, you know, what the thing is about traveling through space, <laughs> they keep getting older and I stay the same age. Uh, but it's uh, it, it, it's an interesting film, and I think the concepts of this film uh, are brilliant. Like I actually, uh, I, there's a lot of, uh, that I love about this film, and and I say that knowingly because we were talking about uh, before this uh, film about the concept of mm-hmm. love, and I think it's a very strong theme. So much so that without spoiling the ending. 
there was a film a couple of years ago. Oh, should, we should make a point here very quickly before you go on. Mm. We're not spoiling. We're not this spoiling. Film. We're not having a spoiler because because I think I even think the internet movie database uh, uh, description gives away too much. Well, actually, the um, whole wormhole thing's in the trailer. So oh, it's in the trailer, yeah, it's in right? The trailer, okay, so. but even even so, I, that's I, not even a to me. That, to me, I that think, was a complete yeah. surprise to me that mm. it went that far into space that they went that hard sci-fi with this, mm. and I liked all that stuff. To me, it, it fell off the rails when it became something else. When it became an action film, it became like a halfway through. It's on the and 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 I think even you said this, Dave, before the show you know there's, there's a point we're on the planet and i won't say who between the who the action scene is but the, it, it it sort of devolves into this this fight scene on this certain planet and to me the film just kind of lost track of itself at that stage and it never really recovered for me i did really appreciate the themes that it played with in the back half of that film which were themes that i think resonate uh with me me, me very strongly mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. um and there was a movie a couple of years ago called love uh, by William Eubank uh, was produced and scored by Angels and Airwaves, uh, uh, who who I think are certain members of Blink One Eight Two. But the beautiful soundtrack, absolutely beautiful soundtrack. Check that film out if you can, because I think you'll see a lot of parallels between yes. the end of that film and this film. Um, but I just I just didn't feel as though it was very well done from the second half, and I the second half of the film was a chore to me. I think much like what I said about Tusk, there was half a film here, and I just wish that he'd. He'd, he'd sort of held on to some of those concepts a little bit stronger and, and it lost me and it never got me back. Mm. And I think that's that's the disappointment. It was a disappointing film for me. Dave? Um, I guess like I'm a, I'm a pretty big science fiction and science fiction fantasy mm. person to begin with. Um, I really do like people like um, Brian Aldiss and Richard Feynman and especially Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan mm. is one mm. of my heroes like in life and um, – like contact had a big effect on me when I was younger and, and all that stuff. And so I, and you guys probably remember when we had the conversation about gravity, like um, yeah, oh yeah. A, year, well, a year ago, I guess now, almost to the date, a year, yeah. you yeah, know, um, where, where we talked about like the negative like connotations. For those who are looking for that episode, there was actually a, a Geek Movie Club episode. A Geek Movie right. Club, yeah. Um, and we talked there about like the a lot of my love for science fiction and you guys shared that love too and, you know, what it means. Mm. Yeah. And I think like Interstellar really affected me on that level. I thought it was deeply moving in its sentiments. I Like in this world, the moment, there's a lot of – like this was I think the – there's a, a concept at the beginning of the movie about the dust bowls. Mm. That are affecting the world in, in the state of Interstellar. I don't think that's a spoiler because that's a it's me. It's in the trailer. There you go. It's in the trailer. So and like uh, they use. Um, ah, that's our new mantra, yeah. by the way. If it's in the trailer, yeah. it's not a spoiler. Okay? <laughs> so I think so like it's com- the company's yeah. already given it's it away. It's in the trailer, which is on your iPad. Yeah, <laughs> it's. <laughs> no, but I think that's a, that's a, that's the key to figuring out the movie in my mind that that Nolan and Jonathan Nolan chose dust. They chose the the environment was what was ruining us. It wasn't nuclear war. Yeah. It wasn't like something destroying us. It was us ourselves destroy ourselves. And I think it was interesting like, was um, the Dust Bowl because that's a very yeah. uh, American mm. kind of struggle. Oh, great. Yeah. Very Steinbeck. Yeah, very Steinbeck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I loved how the, the movie went into sort of this idea because the whole movie to me is this is not really about is love the answer. You've got uh, emotional uh, thinking and then you've got lo- logical and scientific thinking and mm. the clash of those. And it's sort of like this clash of ideologies which I found so interesting and refreshing in a science fiction film that you had characters in the movie that had differing views on science and what that meant. And so that actually allowed for a discussion to happen in the movie where you're able to make your own mind up. And so not having it rely heavily on, we're going to kill ourselves, we're going to use science to blow ourselves up and that's going to be the end of us. It's science that is bringing us to the end and we need science to take us further. And it's really hard to sort of 
bring my thoughts to conclusion without talking about where it's, it goes. So that's that's another thing too. Like, it's interesting um, you should mention that the second half of the movie is where it really nails these concepts. I, I really liked because like early in the film they kind of set a lot of that up when uh, Murphy, the kid, gets into scraps at school because uh, mm. they're, they're trying to teach from textbooks that have removed you know, whole slabs of science fact mm. have tried to... Basically, it's now being taught in schools that the moon landing was faked mm. because, you know, that would give false hope or something. Well, they, they, don't, don't, want to they, don't, they don't want to encourage, encourage the, idea. No. the idea of engineers and stuff because you what know. they want to do is get more farmers. Yeah. So they're, yeah. Not, they're trying not to encourage And, and so I like that. And, and this, mm. this is why I found the first half of the film so fascinating because mm. it was playing with those ideas in a really interesting story mm. way. Mm. And, yeah. then, and then to me, it sort of lost itself when it... it does what Nolan often does. It sort of sacrifices some of that interesting story for set piece. Mm. But anyway. Just like, like, I think where I'm heading at, I know the way I want to phrase it now, which is just like the, um, you know, if humans weren't flawed emotionally, we might be able to accomplish something far grander than, than we'd think. Mm. And it's sort of asking the question of how much emotion is allowed in scientific thinking, you know, mm. and that's kind of a really deep thing to me, I think, mm. you know. Like you, you've got like the... It's really, really difficult to explain about going. No, no, I mean, it, I mean, yeah. it, it is. But it, you guys know, and people know who have seen the movie by now will know what, if, I, what if, I'm if, talking if, about. Because, because on, on a on a deep level, there is some parts of it that really touched me, mm. and and you know, and and I think you have to have been of a certain headspace to kind of because because the, the movie Interstellar that, to yeah. me is like why I found it so moving is that it, it says that we need to sacrifice our own humanity, which is to sacrifice our own emotional aspects our families, our lives in order to further humankind. Yeah. And like, and I think the way that Nolan did that through like this fucking insane action movie, this glorious Mm. space movie, this like, like this, like the astronauts have like really hokey conversations and like there's exposition through the roof. And I think like the bit that Richard was talking about before, like where you go to this planet and there's this fight on this planet, Mm. you know, that's where the movie sort of went for me. Like, Oh shit! No, it's yeah, it's yeah, breaking yeah. apart. But then something would happen where it would bring me right back into it. Okay. And like all throughout this movie, like I couldn't necessarily explain it, but it was like something bad would happen. But he'd bring it back, and I just think the movie is a masterpiece because of its sheer ambition and what it does achieve is eclipsing to me the negatives. It's going to take a lot for me to watch it again, as much like uh, Inception. But from your from with your goggles on, I might give it another go mm. at some stage. Yeah. Okay. My turn. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> oh, we're out of time. <laughs> oh, wait. Can, can, we, can I just mention Hans Zimmer's amazing score? Yes, I was about to say, I was, I was actually going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Hans oh, Zimmer. Can I end on a, a positive note for me as well? Production design is amazing. Oh, production yeah. design is fabulous. Mm. Look, the, the film, robot. The, robot. The, 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 the film overall. Uh, kind of didn't work for me. Um, I thought it was a magnificent looking film. I thought that it has, like all Christopher Nolan films, amazing set pieces. Uh, for those who think back, what I don't want, without saying what the set pieces are in this, mm. think it's not hard. It's so think, think to back to Inception with the snow battle sequence with the van going off the bridge and things happening. This amazing mm. set pieces. All, all I'll say is spinning. Spinning, mm. yeah, exactly. Mm. And you sit there and you look at it and just go, in this film, I'll go one word closer. I'll say the docking sequence. I just the docking, I'll say yeah. I'll yeah. say the number five. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a magnificent sequence. Yeah. That was there's no question. The docking yeah. sequence was amazing. Yeah. It's, this that, film, it's that and what the twenty minutes after that that I'm talking about. Yeah, and the problem yeah. is the twenty minutes after that is where I had problems. Right. And mm. I don't want to go into it, but the ending of this film, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. The ending of this film had the same problems for me, and this is it's interesting that you mentioned it before, the contact had. 
Mm. I actually mm. really liked Contact up until the last. See, this is again this is the same thing. It's like because yeah. I think I think they share. They almost do. a lot they share common. a lot of dna yeah like and especially like the you know this idea of a, a man uh, a father and yes. being separated from the daughter and the daughter wanting to and the thing is know, i don't mind higher concept see, i don't see, i don't this mind is, this, is, this is exactly the difference between us dave because i loved the ending of contact so, so see, that, I did, that's, that's and, and i yeah. think the reason why contact left me a little bit cold and this is this gets a little bit controversial i think it mixed up carl sagan's message because Carl Sagan was pure science, and I think they messed up his they messed up his message at the end. All right, mm. that's a, 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 a yeah, debate, that's a, that's a debate day. for yeah. an entire de- yeah. thing. But when we finish recording, when we <laughs> when we actually look at when we actually look at this film, I don't think Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan are strong enough writers to give us this ending. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I'm tending I th- to agree with yeah, you. On I that. think yeah. the ending, the actual concepts of the ending, are fantastic. I don't think it's very well executed, mm. and I think it's I think it is well telegraphed from the very beginning of the film, so it doesn't leave you with a sense of wonder. I kind they kind of mm. not the actual specifics of it, but you knew where it was going. And, and, I, and just to refer to that other film I was talking about again, Love, I walked out of that just floored by the themes mm. that it was playing with, and it went to that. That that higher level yeah. thinking as well. I really recommend you go and see it. I, I don't want to compare like, them too like, much. Like, I, but I, don't, I don't. I really don't want. I, I I know we're heading on time, but I, I think it's okay. I mean, like yeah. you know, I don't. I don't really want to be that guy that's like, oh, you're not going to be smart enough to get this movie or anything like that. Like, I don't think it's so complicated that. Oh, I don't think it's. You know, you no, got to be intelligent to watch no, it or no. anything. Like, um, like it's a, it's a pulp like blockbuster like no, the, super no. adventure it's pirates it's star trek it's like Absolutely. all sorts and, of things and when like, it's and when it's at know. its best it is an adventure film yeah you know mm. when totally, it's at its you know. worst it's yeah. trying to get to loft yeah and, and like more, I just, more I just, 2001 you know, this is exactly, this is exactly what yeah. i was going to yeah. say like i, I yeah. really don't want to be that guy that's saying you know hey this is the next 2001 because right, it's not right. it's like it, no he's not kubrick and you say there are flaws in the film there are flaws you know but i think like the everything that nolan's made i think this might be one of his best maybe very close because the thing is that nolan is a is a flaw filmmaker in my opinion he has flaws but yeah. his strengths are so strong that it's hard to deny what's achieved and I think Interstellar really is one of the, the stunning movies of think, the year I think I it's think. fair like, to say that if it does yeah. fail for anyone it doesn't fail from a lack of ambition yeah, no absolutely yeah. no, no and um you know, there's just so much to talk about this movie. There is. I mean, the thing is, I mean, the thing is, this film time will time will be the ultimate judge on this mm, film. Yeah. But I just want to mention the ending, like not what happens in it, but but like because in Interstellar you have this concept we all know it's all been advertised of the the warped holes, the black holes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so I th- the the plot of it is all constructed not around like you know a linear fashion but it's structured around a warp hole yeah yeah you know? and yeah. so i think that's why the ending is so necessary to bring across the point of it of because relativity is a big part of the movie too big mm. a part of the movie the amount of times they bring it up actually they constantly tell you uh, about relativity you know but i mean like that kind of thing is in place because not everybody's as smart as like you know us i guess yeah <laughs> like, but you know they can get the, it from the like the beginning I, the it's problem like, i have longer is not is not the sequence you're talking about. The problem mm. I have is the sequence that follows that. Um, and I don't want to give anything we away. We can't. No, yeah. we can't give anything away. But the, the, what follows it and what brings us to a conclusion in this mm. film was so on the nose mm. as I almost... And cr- it was telegraphed. And it was telegraphed. And, well. I, almost, Very and early, I almost cringed. I almost kind of went, oh, you did go there and I was hoping you wouldn't. Mm. You know. Mm. And the thing is, and that's kind of what took me out of the film. Unlike you, the, 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 the issue for me was 
it didn't touch an emotional chord. Mm. I find Christopher Nolan a very cold yeah. writer. See, I've, I've, I've never thought I've, I've, I've never find, thought he's been cold. No, actually, I yeah. find him a very cold writer. I feel. I wouldn't like, say he's the warmest guy. No, no, it's more he's, about he's, the structure yeah, than it is absolutely. about the. Yeah. This was I a Spielberg him, project at yeah. one stage. Well, and, and, and I think, yeah, and you know what? Interesting. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. I think Spielberg would have handled it better because it actually needed that little bit of that ending would be far more saccharine. Correct. Under Spielberg, Spielberg would have handled everything better. But the point is, Spielberg. Yeah, there is a problem. No. Nolan, yeah, you know, exactly. yeah. Nolan has the same problem that Stanley Kubrick has, and I love Kubrick, but mm. that's the problem he has is that he's very clinical. And mm. because he's very, very technical. Cl- very technical yeah. and very clinical. And because of that, it sacrifices emotion. Mm. And when you're making a so film... This is why I think it's he's the... It's the it, the way you're describing it makes it sound like a huge plus for me. Like, like the, the this whole movie is about emotion battling but cl- clinical been, logic. Yeah, yeah, and it's like... Yeah, like it makes sense I, that I, that's who he would I be as a But the thing yeah. is, I would have I said it would have been a huge plus... If it had touched me. Sure, if it had got to you. And the yeah. thing is, it didn't touch me. Mm. All I felt was can, cold and clinical. Can you guys <laughs> jelly wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the point is, the point is, I actually would re- I would recommend this film to people. And this is the thing. Everything I say has to be prefaced with the fact that I quite like the film. You know, I quite like the film. I liked a lot of the film. I liked a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to like in mm. this movie. And shit, guys. The action sequences are better and than the, the dialogue set, sequences. And, and once again, you know, Christopher Nolan is the director of set pieces. He knows how to put together a sequence yeah. that you just are Oh. dumbstruck by the end of it you know again spinning docking thingy that yeah just, absolutely no, no, well, mind you watching that in IMAX don't don't eat too much yeah don't eat too much <laughs> before you go it is it is dumbfounding how good yeah. he is at, at doing certain sequences and mm. set pieces there's no doubt in my mind at all I just think as an entire film yeah and I like this, he this, needs this, he, yeah. you know what he needs he needs a co-writer other than his yeah. brother yeah, like, and, and he needs yeah. a he needs a better he's David Goyer. Mm. He needs he actually. Needs, do you know what? Like, for all yeah. the all the shit that we put on Goyer, the best Batman film was the one he co wrote. Yeah, right. so you know what I'd say? Yeah. I, I'd, I'd, I'd say that Nolan needs another year of post production because it's like the editing is great in the movie. It's just sometimes there's some cutting and. Back and forward that just doesn't work for me. Like, yeah, um, I agree. That, you know, yes. like that there's there's an hour chunk in Interstellar where I started to get really worried because the content was great, but the I like the, the fact the you ordering. Said there's an hour chunk. We should point yeah, out this yeah. film is three hours yeah, because, long. Yeah, right? I'm going to justify it now yeah. because like the 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 content was very strong. Yeah, in in both scenes, but it it sucked the pacing out of both areas in in my opinion. No, you're right. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna do something. Uh, we are so gonna we, we are gonna do something yeah. on film actually that we've never done in the past on this show, and we are going to instigate a rating system. Oh. And the only reason we why we're going to instigate a rating system, even though I don't like rating systems, is the fact that Too we need cooks. after lots of, <laughs> sorry after <laughs> lots and lots of discussion, some people are going to be going, yeah, but what was the final verdict on this film? So it's basically just a way of, for us to verdict of the film okay and so basically what we're going to do is we're going to say out of five stars three being absolutely Mm, normal average okay and the second part to it is what we always did with film actually which is would you recommend it to your friends okay Mm. so Richard out of five what would you give it it's tough Um, numbers are arbitrary by the way listen to the discussion I'm I'm just going to give it I'm going (laughs) to give it two and a half because I like the first half of the film and I didn't like the second half of the film um, and, and it did lose me completely never got me back and would you so, recommend it to friends um, to, to certain friends yeah okay <laughs> I think I think as Dave said you, you, you have to be in a certain frame of mind to, okay, to, to watch this film yeah. and Dave I think I know your rating yeah it's a five for me it's five, just, it, it, five it, out of ten it, wow it that's rough <laughs> <laughs> it could have it had a, it could have had 
It could have had 90 minutes of bullshit in it, and I still would have given it. Have <laughs> well, I, I know, I know. I, well, fair enough. Right, whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. Take, right, so take what I'm star- saying lightly. Right, so like, yeah, Dave, take Dave what Longer, I'm saying lightly. Yeah. Dave Longer, five stars, yeah. and you're recommending it to friends, Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I'm a little passionate about it. I think it's above average, because I think it is actually, technically, it's a marvel to behold. Yeah. I just think it has problems. I'm going to give it three and a half. Really close to four. Okay, really close to I've four. I've been really negative today. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used this to is it. why I'm not coming back I'm next used to it. <laughs> I'm going to give it three and a half stars, and I'm going to say, yes, I would recommend it to friends because I think people should see the spectacle. Mm. What I'm not going to recommend to friends is seeing it on IMAX. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I guess, no, I agree. I agree. I guess 100%, maybe 100%. maybe like on a second watch, things might unravel maybe. Mm. I, and but, I actually you know, really want to see it again. Yeah. And i got to say, actually, probably one of the things that, that, that detracted from my enjoyment uh, was that IMAX thing because uh, when we watched it, the sound was peaking a lot and, yes. and the, the visuals didn't seem clear to me. So, you know, may, maybe that was... And everything I, I said about, and everything well, I said like, about uh, oh, yeah, Contact sorry. before, yeah. I own Contact on Blu-ray. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, it's not yeah. like I'm... Yeah. I, own, I own rolls of contact. I also, I'm, I I'm also that. sort of like <laughs> list, listeners of of us, like that you know, probably know that I don't watch trailers anymore. Like I avoid them. You're and gonna I, have a hard time on this show, yeah. pal. Yeah, yeah, I know, but but I think I think that might sort of be why I'm liking movies a lot more hmm. than than I am because I go in not having an expectation anymore about anything. I don't know what the story's gonna be. I don't. I still love my trailers. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, we will actually. We will actually. But I just uh, want to make it clear, handle. I trailers. probably sound like a, a, a fucking moron. Like, oh my god. We'll handle trailers. Like we'll, we'll, we'll handle trailers. <laughs> we'll handle trailers delicately on the show from now on because you're here. Delicately. Uh, <laughs> okay. If you agree I'll watch or the dis- Hobbit, though, I mean, you know. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you agree or disagree with us, uh, or you just have something to say, you can send your email to feedback at filmactually.com. You can also drop us a Skype voicemail, which we would love to hear your voices. Uh, you can do use the Skype ID Geek Actually. You don't need to uh, friend us or anything. You can just drop the call. That's fine. Or we actually have a number for that as well. So if you're on a normal phone, you can call us on Sydney number 02-8011-4167. And you can leave voicemail and we'll play them on the show. So if you want to hear your voice heard, please send that Talk in. to us, guys. Talk to us. All right. So housekeeping. Ooh. Love comic books? Listen to our other show, Behind the Panels, at behindthepanels.net. It's like Oprah's book club, but, you know, for nerds. Uh, love podcasts? Check out Amy and Richard's new show, Podcast Pillow Fort, at podcastpillowfort.com. It's a podcast about, you know, podcasts. <laughs> and find these great shows, get merchandise, join the Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter by going to geekactually.com. Find more Dave at damngoodcup.com or on Twitter at Dave Longo. Yes, yep. good. Find more Richard at the real bits when it's not hacked.com <laughs> <laughs> or behind the panels.net or podcastpillowfort.com. I forgot about that one. Or on Twitter at DVD Bits. And to find out more about me, you can go to geekaction.com or on Twitter at David McVeigh. Our very good friends are still podcasting. They're actually out more often than we are, so we should throw a quick note out to them. WeekendRonan.com for the Real Junkies podcast. It's a podcast like ours, but it's fueled by tequila. Yay. And our cartoons on our uh, on our webpage and so forth are by Josh Spencer uh, at attackninja.blogspot.com. Still one of the greatest web domains ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now, because the score for Interstellar has not been released yet, which is a crime, <laughs> mind you, uh, the score by Hans Zimmer is fantastic. And I think Richard summed it up by saying Hans Zimmer found a new note. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it is just it's three now. It's three. It is a fantastic soundtrack, and I will be buying it. It's on iTunes. On I he think stole it, that note from Philip Glass. <laughs> I think I think it's on the nineteenth. It's coming out on on iTunes, so I'll be buying it then. But I thought we could play another great opus of space by none other than the king of soundtracks, John Williams. I thought that would be fair to go out with that. So we'll play that yeah. in just a minute. Opening clip is from Cobra. Okay, 
canon film. We have to we have to stick with the uh, with the canon film theme. And all I'm going to say is, guys, thank you very much for joining me on Film Actually today. Thanks, Dave. And go see more movies. You don't see enough movies, and all of life's answered. All of life's questions are answered in the movies. And here is the music. Thank <laughs> you.